Today, but they'll resume next Sunday afternoon. Uh, the, and also that the office is closed on Easter Monday. Okay. And that is, let's see if I got anything. That's it. Let's go. Let's worship. <laughs> Will you stand and worship with us? The greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. It's lovely. God, what a beautiful day you have given us to come together and celebrate you as our risen Lord. I'm so thankful for every person who's come here this morning to worship you and praise you, and I just ask that you fill us with excitement and love and joy as we celebrate this mighty act of love that you have done for us, and that no matter how undeserving we are, you are forever faithful. Be with us this morning and join us together as we worship and praise your name. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. I worship 
With all of my heart, with all of my heart, I will praise you. With all of my strength, all my strength, I will seek you. All of my days, I will follow. Children, come forward for the children's sermon. Happy Easter. I'm so glad y'all are here this morning. The church has a tradition of giving a little gift to you on Easter. And they're usually a book that looks like this. And this year, the book has some activities in it that you can do. So I wanted to share a little bit of the book with you this morning, and then you get to take one home with you. And if there's anyone who didn't come forward, I'll put the extra books back on the table, and you're welcome to grab one before you leave this morning. The book this year is called The Unexpected King. And on every page, there's a really good picture. 
and then some scripture. And I'm not going to read that because I want you to look at that at home with your families. But I'm going to read one, one part of each page to you this morning. So it's called The Unexpected King. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. By following a star, we find Jesus, God's king. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. Right there in the temple, we find Jesus, God's king. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. In his hometown of Nazareth, we find Jesus, God's king. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. With fishermen in Galilee, we find Jesus, God's king. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. Talking to a woman, we find Jesus, God's king. Do you recognize some of these stories? Where was the woman in that picture? The woman at the well, that's right. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. Healing on the Sabbath, we find Jesus, God's king. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. With a dishonest man, we find Jesus, God's king. Who was that man in the tree? That's close. Zacchaeus. Y'all are good. What a surprise, an unexpected thing. Riding by on a donkey, we find Jesus, God's king. What day was that? What did we celebrate last week? What a surprise, an unexpected thing. Alive on Easter morning, we find Jesus, God's king. And when you get to the back of the book, there's a little maze for you to do, a word search, a coloring page, and stickers. So don't forget to go past the end of the story, okay? Did you like hearing about the unexpected king? And when you take your books home, it's going to show you what Bible story goes with each of those pictures that we looked at this morning, okay? So let's say a prayer together first, and then I'll pass out the books. Will you repeat after me? Dear God, we are so thankful for our unexpected king. Please help us to remember him not just today on Easter, but always. Amen. Let us bow our heads for prayer.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh, Lord, you are the giver of life. You are our strength. You are our song. You are our salvation. And by your steadfast love, we have come to new life. And so we offer praises this Easter morning to you. We are reminded that for our sakes, Jesus died for our sins, was buried, raised from the dead, in accordance with your divine will. Thereby we are saved. But we must confess even on this Easter morning, we've often been unfaithful people. We've doubted your abiding love. We've not taken seriously the great sacrifice of Christ for us. We've not lived as people who have been redeemed from death. And so, O oh Lord, just as you overcame death to bring us life, so now blot out our sin and enable us to rejoice in that new life which is ours through Christ the Lord. Help us to proclaim the good news of your grace to a world in need. Send us as proclaimers into the world we live. In this day in which we rejoice in new life, we know that there are many though who are surrounded in suffering. We pray that you'd give your comfort to all those who suffer this day in body, mind, or spirit. Encourage them in their distress. Bring wholeness to those being broken apart. Assure them of your abiding presence. And help us, O oh Lord, to accept your good and perfect will in this and all things. Hear now and answer what we ask, not by the virtue of our own merits, but by the merits of the One who died and rose again from the dead, Your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, I put this jacket on this morning. It was cold. I'm feeling warmer now. The heat must have kicked in. Let me put this away. <laughs> you turned it out. Okay, great. Thank you. Let's stand for the reading of the gospel this Easter morning found from Mark's gospel, chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. 
Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let us have another prayer. Gracious God, we're always in awe on Easter morning when we read these words, whether they're from Mark's Gospel or the other Gospel writers. We, we are always amazed that the tomb is empty and that You have risen. And we thank You, O Lord, that once more this day we feel as Easter people risen in You. Amen. Well, if you know about it and you thought about it, Friday... Friday, Mother Mary and the disciple, John and a few others, watched as Jesus was nailed to the cross. They witnessed His pain as He cried out, I thirst, and my God, why have you forsaken me? They listened as He bowed His head and said, it is finished, and I commit my spirit into your hands, Father. They watched as His body was taken from the cross, And as it was buried, they felt all their hopes and dreams had died that day with this Jesus. Friday evening and Saturday, Saturday evening, they mourned. And then finally on the first day of the week, early in the morning, as the Scripture said, they made their way to the tomb to properly take care of the body, which they did not have time to do when He had died because of the Sabbath. And there, we see and hear an angel. You're looking for Jesus among the dead. He is not here. He is alive. He is risen, just as He said. And that is what we celebrate this Easter morning. And in a sense, we celebrate every Sunday morning as a little Easter. Jesus is alive, risen from the dead. And that difference has made a difference in our life that's like no other difference ever has. This is uniquely the most important event in human history. In fact, all of history is divided to before Christ and after His death. Paul in Corinthians, in the 15th chapter, explained it to a church full of people just like you who had not witnessed the resurrection. In fact, It had been years before, uh, and none of them were alive at the time, and they wanted to hear what Paul had to say. And Paul said these words, and I think there's about as good a bunch of words as we could ever find. It's In fact, a lot of people refer to this as the resurrection chapter. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of the first importance, and that is this, that Christ died for our sins according to Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter, and then the twelve. And after that, He appeared to more than 500 at the same time. All those are witnesses of the resurrected Lord. And Paul continues and says, Listen, 
I will tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, and we will be changed. And of course, he's talking about that wonderful day when the Lord will return in glory for His people. You know, when Easter comes, I always try to think of what is some things that were transformed because of that event, besides the obvious things uh, that we have already talked about. And two things came to my mind this Sunday, and that, were, they, they, that was the cross and the tomb. You see, before Jesus' resurrection, the cross, which we have a very beautiful one here on the table, it was known simply as an instrument of horrible death. It was a rough wood object of terror, it was soaked with human blood wherever it appeared. In fact, <clears throat> the cru crucifixion was such a terrible form of execution that the Roman Empire prohibited crucifixion of their own citizens. Now think about that. They would not allow crucifixion for their citizens, only for the worst enemies of the empire. But today, because of Jesus' resurrection, we wear replicas of the cross as a piece of jewelry. I bet many of you have it on today. A thing of beauty. For, and around the world, when someone sees this beautiful cross, it's a symbol of hope. It's a reminder of God's love for us. There's more than once, uh, probably once a week, uh, when Brenda and I are out somewhere, and Brenda always wears her cross, that someone will mention the cross. It's a witness. It's a witness to the world of hope and faith. So that's been transformed by this event. This means of terror has been transformed into a, an object of hope and peace. In the tomb, the tomb's the other one. Before the resurrection, for most of the world, the grave always looked like it was the final chapter, that it was the closing of a great door that it was the end of everything. It was the end of hope uh, when the tomb came. But because of Jesus' resurrection, we know that death is where life really begins. We know that it will never end. I saw on the Today Show this past week where a fellow who was a scientist had done a great deal of research on people who have near-death experiences. And whether or not they're Christian or non-Christian, their near-death experiences are all the, almost always identical. And, you know, it's a, a place of peace, a place of hope and light, a, a place of feeling that everything is okay. I think the Lord has given us this in this day of Easter, that the tomb is no longer a place to be feared. When I was growing up, <clears throat> there was a fellow called Dale Evans. Any of y'all remember Dale Evans? Okay, Dale Evans once said, I spent most of my life searching for a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow, and then I finally found it at the foot of the cross. Friends, this cross and this empty tomb have been transformed forever by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's important for us to see those transformations again in a new way this, this Easter Sunday. You see, all of our lives are a struggle. 
and when we're dealing with uh, death and what happens after death, and uh, all these things might seem important before, but once you get to that point, they're inconsequential. Because everything we see is temporary, but the things that we cannot see are eternal. So the resurrection has made that difference in our lives. That is the most important thing for us to remember today. But there's some other things that have been transformed. I, I want to add, give you one or two more. One is the transformation of time. Now think about this. Before the resurrection, time was a limited thing. Uh, the Bible talks about the breath of life that we have in our nostrils, and then it's gone. Life is brief indeed. This morning I was shaving. I looked in the mirror and I thought to myself, my goodness, I'm starting to look old. Then I thought, with a good night's sleep tonight, I should look better tomorrow. Then I heard a still small voice saying, don't count on it. This is the best it's ever going to be, honey. <laughs> Brenda's, Brenda was that little boy. <laughs> That's kind of discouraging, I know. Time is slipping by. It's going so fast, it's hard to hold on to anything. It goes faster as you get older, trust me. Especially y'all who have kids, it might seem like the day never ends that you can finally lay down and get some sleep yourself. But as you get older, it seems as if time is slipping away very fast. So, one of the things to remember is on this side of the resurrection, time is brief indeed. But on the other side of the resurrection is eternity, is Jesus. And that should change uh, your whole purpose and the meaning of the scope of your earthly life is to know that and to recognize that transformation of time that occurred because of Easter Sunday. And then I also think there's a transformation of life itself. You know, if you're not careful, you can let the voices of hopelessness and despair that are so pervasive today, uh, you can let those things really bring you down. I mean, after all, it seems as if uh, diseases uh, crop up every day that have no cures, that we hear another example of a child who's neglected or abused. Uh, it seems if war will never end. If you watch and listen very long, you will be filled with despair. And if the only hope that you have is the hope that the world offers, then you really have no hope at all. The, there is no hope in what the world offers. The message of the world is despair. In contrast... Jesus said, I have come to bring you life. I have come to bring you life and life more abundantly, to show you how to live, to bring you joy and hope, and to bring you peace and love, to give you a reason for living. This is what Jesus taught when He came and walked among us. It's important for us to realize that the transformation of life itself has occurred at the cross and occurred with Easter morning. Even if your life now is racked with pain or if there's loneliness or sorrow or whatever it might be that you have that you're carrying as a burden, you should know that there is strength that comes through Jesus Christ and His resurrection. Strength 
to carry on, strength to know and to realize and hope that things are transformed with Easter and that there is this transformation of life itself in the hope of this cross, this empty cross, this risen Christ. And then, as I said, there's a transformation of death. Death before the resurrection, resurrection was the end. Death was the final curtain call. All we could do before the resurrection was to mourn as if there was no hope. But after the resurrection, when we have to bury a loved one, as Brenda and I had to do this past week, we mourn, of course, but we don't mourn as people without hope. We mourn as people with hope. Jesus is alive. I know it, I believe it, I feel it, I experience it every day of my life. The promise of the Scripture is for each of us. The promise is so that we too can live in that expectant hope. The promise of Easter, that's the reason we come and hear it over and over, is we need this promise of Easter, the hope of Easter, to carry on until our final days. Easter means that our sins can be forgiven. Easter means that Christ's blood was shed for us and offers us the promise of salvation and everlasting life. That changes, in my opinion, that transforms the whole concept of death. So the next time that life starts to move you towards depression, or someone comes up to you and says, tell me some good news because I don't have any and all I ever hear is bad news, tell them the Easter story. Easter has made all the difference in your life and in the life of billion people on this planet. And that is good news indeed. And it's all the news really you will ever need. And I can't really think of anything better to tell you on Easter except to tell you again of the hope that you have because we have a cross that has turned into a symbol of hope and peace, not a symbol of torture. That we have this wonderful empty tomb that transformed time and life and death itself. Friends, that is what we praise today. That is why we're here. That's why we can sing hallelujah. That is why we are so happy to have come through the Lenten journey and heard all those words from the cross to hear the final word. The final word from the cross and the tomb is this. Risen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Easter has dawned again in our life. We are reminded of it. We're thankful for it. We glorify it. We say hallelujah about it. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith. Let us join our voices. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus the Word made flesh to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life, in death, 
and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward now as we receive our tithes and our offerings.
Will you stand and celebrate with us?
Amen. He's alive. <laughs> He's alive. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day, each day, and forever. Amen. blessed week.